Welcome back to another Chasing the Yield. I think I'm on episode something. Don't know. This is either 55 or 56. I guess you'll see it in the post. In the show notes. Maybe. So what I'm going to be talking about today is um, making money from America's self-storage addiction. And if you're like anybody else, you know, if you're an American, you know, people like to buy stuff, you know, and uh, myself and my family, I apologize for my jingling dog again. That's, uh, that's Rex, Italian Greyhound with bells on because she makes, uh, she doesn't make any noise when she walks and she's only nine pounds. So we step on her if we don't know where she's at. So she's got a little pearl necklace on with jingle bells so I don't crush her by accident. So if you hear that jingling in the background, that's who that is. Uh, So anyway, um, speaking of consumption, this dog requires stuff. They require, you know, well, I suppose they don't require more than really food and water, but they get beds, they get toys. And then, uh, you know, other things. I've, uh, I'm married, I have two kids. Uh, my kids are grown and gone, but back in the uh, in the late '80s and all throughout the '90s, you know, when when my kids were were older, <laughs> now, <laughs> now that's her choking. Uh, <laughs> but when they were young, you know, we we lived in a in a three bedroom split level in a suburb of Chicago, and there's not a whole lot of if you've ever seen a a uh, split level house. Um, it's exactly as described. You walk in and you're on you're on a main level. You step down and there's like a sub basement. It's not it's not like a full basement. Um, I mean, height wise, it's a full basement. But when you step down into it, it's not uh, it's not like you go down you know a full ten feet or something. You're just kind of walking down, you know, roughly maybe six feet or something like that into your basement. It's half half. It's sort of split between. And then same thing for going upstairs. You go upstairs about halfway, about six feet or so, and then that's the second level. And the second level is off to the side of the main level. So these things aren't stacked one on top of the other. There's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of storage there. You know, you've got some closets, and we had a, a crawl space, which I wouldn't put anything in because it's musty and... Um, you know, at least back in those days, before I put in flood control, um, you know, the the crawl space would flood, and we didn't have any attic space to speak of. You know, and our uh, the space above the second floor uh, split level, the second floor of the split level, the attic space was like really short. So you know, it's not a really tall roof line, so there was nowhere to really store much of anything. So we rented a storage unit. So in that, in, in the storage unit, we would put in old things or seasonal things like, um, you know, Christmas decorations, bicycles, things things of that nature that, you know, I don't have a whole lot of storage. Oh, also, I only had a one-car garage. And there, so there wasn't a much storage in the garage either. I could fit a lawnmower. I could fit a few things, my toolbox and, you know, a tool chest. And I had a series of shelves there, but still not, never enough, especially when you have um kids you know and 
I'd, you know, I, I'd like to famously say amongst our family that my wife single-handedly took, pulled the United States out of the 2008-2009 recession. So we're no stranger to buying stuff. So I ran across this article in, uh, in the Wall Street Journal the other day. The headline was, Is There a Limit to Americans' Self-Storage Addiction? Billions of Dollars Say Nope. And in the, in the story, uh, it says, Storage is so profitable thanks to two key factors, month-to-month leases in which rents can be raised on short notice and human nature. It doesn't much matter what someone pays when they move in. Most stays outlast introductory rates. Statistically, once a customer stays with us for a year, they end up staying for five years, uh, saying, uh, says the CEO, Joseph Russell Jr. of Public Storage. And I should let you know, public storage, I own stock in public storage. So this is not a promotion for public storage or an ad or anything like that. It's just uh, that's why I ran across this story. So, And because I bought public storage back in 2019, uh, you know, this was kind of important to me. So, you know, now um, as as I'm older... I don't think uh, we accumulate, you know, that much stuff anymore. Um, you know, um, especially in in a semi-retirement, you know, I'm not looking to accumulate a lot of things, and I'm not lo- looking to spend a whole lot of extra money for nothing. And I think we we owned our storage unit probably for about. Oh, I don't know what it might be 10 years, 10 years or so. So, uh, you know, at like a hundred something a month for the size that we had, that's pretty, pretty good chunk of money. So back in, uh, 2019, when I started dividend investing, investing for, for dividend income, I ran across public storage. And, you know, the price held, has held steady for me pretty much from that moment in time. All the meanwhile, you know, collecting, you know, three and a half, four percent in in dividends. Um, also out of the out of the Wall Street Journal story, they report here that um, storage owners can fiercely to get customers in the door. They duke it out online with algorithmic one-upmanship and move-in specials, but once someone signs up, the battle for their business is over. The only thing that competes with an existing customer is the trash can, said Spencer Alloway, storage analyst at real estate research firm Green Street. No one says this sounds like a fun way to spend the weekend. I'll beg my friend to borrow their truck and move my stuff into another unit to save $10 a month. Even savage story storage investors become ensnared. I've had one six years, said Christopher Merrill, CEO of $56 billion property investor Harrison Street, which owns 119 storage facilities and is looking for more. I've probably paid for stuff for the stuff six times over, he says. And, and that was an important part of the story where people, they, gra- they get their storage units and um, the things that they are putting in the storage unit are worth less than what they're paying for the storage over time. And I mean, that's kind of, 
a no-brainer, really, unless you're storing, you know, stupid things. But seasonal items, what else are you going to do with it? Either you don't buy them and don't consume, you know, or you have to have some place to put them. So, but um, the um, public storage market uh, for stocks is pretty good. The um, there's on the in the show notes, I've got links to four U.S. companies that are publicly traded, and they are basically REITs, you know, real estate investment trusts, and they pay higher yields than public storage does. But I don't believe they're not as well capitalized and it's not a, as safe a bet um, when depending on on them for dividend income. Let me check. I know public storage as of as of the time I'm recording this is at a four point four two percent dividend yield. Cube Smart is at four point seven six. Let me see here. Cube. Cube storage, C-U-B-E is their symbol. And yeah, they are a four point. So I use a service called Simply Safe Dividends to kind of evaluate some of these stocks. And they're rated as a a safe, um, safe investment, or at least their dividend is rated as safe. But uh, public storage, public storage is rated as, I think, uh, very safe. They're like very, they're very high in their rating. And that was just reaffirmed August 17, 2020. Then there's extra space storage, which as of this recording pays a five, uh, 5.13% dividend yield. They're also a very, uh, not a very safe, they're uh, safe. Uh, their dividend is rated as safe. I, I keep saying it wrong um, that the investment's not necessarily safe, but the dividend they rate it as safe. They don't see the dividend as being threatened by current business operations. And that was uh, upgraded just today, as a matter of fact, August 21st. They went from a safe uh I'm sorry, let's see, they're safe. They went from a 66 to an 80, and this is out of a 100-point scale. So they were just upgraded. Uh, National Storage Affiliates Trust, NSA is their symbol. Um, they're a borderline safe. They're a 60 out of 100, uh, but their yield is the highest right now. It's about 6.91% as of this recording. They were reaffirmed back in May, so they haven't been looked at in, a, in another in at least another quarter. Um, so, I mean, those are four different. That's if you can hear that scratching. That's Rex scratching at the at a bed, so she can bury herself underneath a uh, a blanket. That's what Italian greyhounds do. They bury themselves. Anyway, uh, each of these, you know, they're all over. They're about 4.5% or higher as, as a dividend yield with National Storage Affiliates Trust if you're willing to, um, you know, make the bet on that one uh, on their dividend being safe, 6.91%. Um, That's nothing to sneeze at. So it's, uh, you can, this is a very stable way 
seemingly stable way to invest your money and make money from other people storing their stuff. And you don't have to do a thing. You know, you don't have to store anything. You just have to have to buy their stocks. Uh, let's see here. I was going to say something else about this. I'm still kind of trying to get this format down on exactly what what it is um, I'm, I'm going to do here with this. Let me get back to my other portfolio here. So there were uh oh, I know what I was gonna say now. Um, I was gonna go back to public storage and let me pull that up. Public storage. Sorry, I should be better prepared, especially since this is pre-recorded. Although I I record them live, warts and all, because. Editing is too much trouble. So uh, what I was saying before with public storage is that I, I started my investment with them back in 2019, and it's been price stable pretty much the entire time. And I know they've gone up and they've gone down through that entire time, but for me, I'm at a, uh, a net gain right now. If I were to sell the stock off today, I'd have a net gain of $908. And so that would be over and above what I've collected in um, income off of that one stock over the last four years, you know, and, and that's, that's the basic goal for all my portfolios is try to, um, buy companies that might be a little bit boring and they're not going to go up like a Facebook or Amazon or Tesla or, you know, some tech company, but you know, the price will remain stable. So I'll maintain the principal balance while they pay me monthly or quarterly or whatever it is um, for any particular stock. Um, but that's that's all I had for this week. And I hope to see you again next time. For more information on everything that I'm doing uh, with my portfolios, go to chasingtheyield.com. You can mail uh, email me any questions at mail at chasingtheyield.com. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.